Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 134 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. The most interesting fact I could find about the number 134 is that it follows 133 and precedes 135. Not that great, I know, but anyway, it's Technique Tuesday, and we're going to talk about the basic stance. We're also going to discuss a tweet from the Rubik's Cube World Champion about nerves. And in the questions, we'll talk about the backhand topspin off backspin, using extra grip on the handle of your bat, losing a big lead, and whether to use a different bat for practicing against a robot. I'm Jeff Plum, and with me, as always, is Supercoach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, good evening, Pink Skillers. Good to see you again. Yeah, so um, what did you think about that gruel in, enthralling fact about the number 134, Alois? Uh, Jeff, I think you're getting better and better. Like, <laughs> I think, I think that was good. Oh, dear. Yeah, you know, maybe I might have to find a different, you know, fact to talk about. So if anyone's got any ideas that are more interesting than curious number facts, then uh, leave a comment and let us know um, what I should do. Yeah, you know? like... Um, yeah, like watching grass grow, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. You know, I could talk about that every episode. If you've got any ideas, let me know. <laughs> All right, Alloys. Um, before we bore people too much, yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day was, who has the better backhand, Ma Long or Wang Hao? What did people think? Yes, yeah, so let me just have a look at the responses. We had quite a lot of responses on our, our Facebook page. Um, so there was a lot of support for Wang Hao um, and a little bit of support for Marlong. But, uh, yeah, interesting. So um, spin is king in this sport. I would say Wang Hao because he has, has a, a disadvantage being penhold. He made his backhand very spinny, it seems to me. So I'd say Wang Hao. So that's from uh, Jojo Trump's Britnell. Um, and... Uh, Paracram Buzznet said uh, Wang Hao definitely because it's hard to master the reverse penhold backhand and he is the best at it. Marlong's forehand is explosive though. I've had chills if I ever played him. Yeah, me too. So, and George uh, George Christou uh, said Wang Hao, I think you'd swear he holds a bat different or he has elastic wrists, um, very much more versatile. So, yes, a lot of support for Wang Hao. Yeah, interesting. You know, I thought uh, Ma Long might have got a bit more support. I mean, I do love Wang Hao's backhand, amazing. And like I said, the first time I saw it, I thought he was playing shake hand. So it's pretty impressive. But it was like a 98%. I'm just making up figures here. But around that, you know, 90 to 98% support for Wang Hao. I think Krianga, even though he wasn't an option, got more uh, love than Ma Long. So there you go. Yeah, but on the website, uh, Dita... Uh, did say for me, Zhang Zikur has the best backhand close to the table, Ma Long off the table, and Wang Hao probably has the best reverse pen hold. So, yes, a little bit each way there from, uh, from Dita. There you go. All right. Well, that moves us on to the Ping Skillers question for today, which is, are the World Tour events a good showcase for table tennis? So, again, I've put the question up on our Facebook page, so jump on there, leave a comment, or... Um, go to our website, pingskills.com, leave a comment on the blog, 
And to do that, you need to create a free account. And by creating a free account, you'll also get a great weekly newsletter. So if you haven't done that, sign up now, pingskills.com. Um, and you can also leave a comment on our YouTube channel. So lots of ways to get involved. We love hearing from you. All right, Alois, it is Technique Tuesday. And today woo-hoo. we're going to be talking about the, yeah, woohoo, the basic stance. Now, interestingly, one of the easiest ways to tell the difference between a really good table tennis player and a new table tennis player is their stance. Why is this and why is it so important? Yeah, so um, we talked a little bit about um, the most important muscles yesterday and, and talking about the legs. I suppose it's related here. So the basic stance, you, you need to be down quite low. So if you're up, if you're up here like this, you can't see me, um, if, if you're just not going to have um, enough um, ability to move with your legs. So having the basic stance, so instead of standing up tall, you're bending your knees and you're down nice and low um, in that position. Also, make sure that your feet are quite wide. If your feet are too narrow, it's easy to tip over. If your feet are wide, then you've got a really nice solid base that you can push off sideways with. So so a couple of things there with the basic stance. Just make sure that you're down nice and low, feet nice and wide, and make sure you've got your knees bent as well um, in that basic stance. Uh, a lot of players, when they first start, I mean, it's hard to think about your feet and your strokes, so you're really just focusing on on what's going on here and watching the ball. Um, but yeah, as as you start to develop a little bit, you can start to put some attention on your on your legs and the, the lower half, and that is really um, crucial to to develop to the next level in table tennis. Yeah, and if you've never noticed how low the good players get, just jump onto YouTube, watch a few of the top players. And just take a really good look at, at their stance and how low they get and how balanced they are. And you'll realise once you see that just how important it is. So, and I, yeah. Yep. And I think, I think then it's also really important to then just take a video of yourself, a short video of yourself, because often we feel like we are down really low, but when we actually see ourselves, we're all, we almost look like we're standing up straight. So compare what those best players are doing to what you're doing. And the best way is just take a photo or just take a short video of yourself and uh, and compare the, compare the two. Excellent. Great advice there, Alois. And I will put a link in the show notes to our video on the basic, basic stance, which goes through in detail exactly, you know, how to get down low and how to spread your feet out wide. So take a look at that. And, um, yeah, really pay attention to it next time you go out to practice. All right, Alloys. Now, we were talking about um, cubing yesterday on the show because I went to a cubing competition, um, sold a few Rubik's Cubes, and we had the 2013 and the current reigning world champion, Felix Zemdegs, um, tweet back to us when we sent a message to the show talking about he goes, ha ha, yep, nerves and fine motor skills, so cubing, aren't the best combination. And, you know, because I got nervous and it really did affect me, Alois, you know, it's not helpful at all. And I guess this relates to table tennis as well. Yeah, so, I mean, table tennis is a lot about fine motor skills, you know, just having the touch and the ability to, to make um, a nice fine contact um, on the serve or on the return of serve and being able to watch and adjust 
um, to those small subtle changes. So if if the nerves if the nerves start to kick in, it becomes really difficult to control those uh, those fine motor skills. And as Felix said, I mean, it, whether it's in cubing, you know, being able to move move your fingers dexterously um, or um, or whatever, um, it's really important to to be able to just try to um, control those nerves as much as you can. Um, otherwise, your performance will suffer. So, um, and we've got we've got a section on sports psychology on the website that's there for our premium members. So uh, there's a there's a free uh, lesson in there. But then, uh, if you want to go into more detail, then the premium membership is uh, is what you should be looking at. Um, and and it's it's a huge part of the game, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, big part of the game. Um, and it's, so it's important to understand, you know, about sports psychology. So yeah, take a look at our section there. Um, as Ella said, there's definitely a free uh, lesson on there, so everyone can have a look. Um, and yeah, just start to be aware of your feelings when you're playing table tennis and, you know, whether you're in the zone and playing your best or whether you are a bit nervous. Um, yeah, start to pay attention to those things and that will help you deal with that um, if you do get nervous. All righty. Let's um, move on to some of the questions, Alois. Again, are you ready? Are you sharp? Are you feeling good? Ready. Let's go. All right. Well, first up, Matthias says, I noticed that here in China, the coaches seem to teach a different technique for the backhand topspin off backspin. Generally speaking, the stroke is smaller than shown in your video and the use of the wrist and lower arm rotation is maximized. So what are your thoughts on this, Alois? Yeah, so um, firstly, Matthias, in case you don't know Matthias, Matthias is the owner of Tate the Wonder Cat and you need to get on and have a look at uh, the video of uh, Matthias's cat. Very scary stuff. Anyway, back to table tennis. Um, so Matthias um, was talking about the technique for the backhand topspin off backspin. So he's saying in China, um, and Matthias is living in China at the moment, um, they tend to teach um, much more of using utilising the wrist and the forearm quickly um, off the even off the backspin ball. I think that's good. Um, it's it's a little bit more of an advanced stroke. It's a stroke that you can do once you've got the basics right and once you have the confidence to be able to move your wrist and, and back through fast enough and still get a good contact on the ball. Um, what we show you in our videos is a little bit longer stroke and a little bit more of a vertical stroke to help you to lift that ball over the net because initially it's difficult to generate enough, enough speed with your racket to get that ball lifted and over the net and get the right contact as well. So, so yeah, so uh, it's great what you're doing, Matthias, um, and it's great what you're learning uh, with the faster wrist and the faster forearm, and that's 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 good and it's more advanced, uh, but it is a little bit more risky, especially when you're trying to learn how to lift the backspin against uh, with the with the backhand topspin. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, good question, Matthias. And hopefully Alois has cleared up a few things in your mind about the technique. Next up is a question from Kustab, who says, one of the players in my club has tied rubber grip, one used for the badminton rackets, to the handle of his racket. 
When I asked him the reason, he told me he did it because his hand sweats a lot. So is this use of the grip legal? Um, yes, it is legal. So you are allowed to put a, a gripper around your handle. So what uh, what he's talking about is just wrapping. Um, you know, you've seen on tennis rackets or on badminton rackets where they have the the almost a rubberized type of thing around their handle. So that um, just helps him to to grip the the bat a little bit better. Sometimes the bat handles can be a little bit slippery, um, especially if they've got a bit of varnish on them. So. That's something that you might explore. I did actually try um, putting um, rubber around the handle once, and I quite liked it for a little while. Um, but what I used was very simple. You get um, a bicycle uh, tube, um, tyre tube, nice and nice and thin, and just cut a section out of it and just um, roll that onto your handle, and that um, that forms a nice nice grip on the handle as well. So, if I mean, it's something you might want to just have a look at, think about. None of the top players use a grip on their on their handle. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, I think it just tends to lose a little bit of the feel between your hand and the racket, perhaps. But, um, yeah, if, if, if it's something that worries you, if you are worried about the racket slipping out of your hand, maybe you could try that. Yeah, interesting. I guess the top players, I mean, it, you don't really see the racket slipping out of their hands very much, so maybe it's just not an issue for them or who knows. But, yeah, um, there's not a lot of rules around the actual blade, is there, Alois, compared to, say, the rubbers where you've got to have it, you know, ITTF approved with the right markings on there? Yeah, no, there's very few uh, rules about the blade. I mean, it, it's only that it needs to be, I uh, can't remember exactly, 80-something percent wood. Um, and then the rest is basically up to you. So, um, yeah, and, and I think that sort of reflects how important the blade is in comparison to the rubber. So, you know, if you um, if you use a, you know, $200 piece of wood or a $50 piece of wood, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Interesting. Yep. All right, thanks for the question, Kustab. Now... Next up, we've got one from Chris, and this is kind of related to the nerves question uh, discussion we had before, Alois. Chris says, today I blew a seven-point lead and lost the game. It was 13-20, then 22-20. Good to see you're still playing up to 21 like everybody should be, not this rubbish up to 11. Anyway, um, he said, I realized after it that I'd lost my focus and I couldn't settle down. What are some advice on ways to be more mentally prepared for those situations? Yeah, so it can be a tough situation, um, Chris. And often things start to go really quickly in that situation, don't they? Like you, you sort of lose one point, two points, suddenly it's 2015, 2016, and then you start to panic and you worry, and then suddenly it's 2018, and now you think, oh, my goodness, um, it's almost like you've already lost the game. It's important that at that stage you take a little bit of time in between points and just get back to thinking about your tactics for that next rally. So how are you, how are you winning points? What serve are you going to do or what return are you going to try and attempt? What direction are you going to play um, to your um, opponent? All those sorts of things. So just break it right down to those simple tactics. The other thing is 
in that situation, emotionally, you're going to start to get a little bit higher and you know, the heart's going to start beating a little bit faster. So it's important just to take a few seconds, take a deep breath, um, just yeah, trying to calm yourself down so you can start to think a little bit clearer, think a bit slower. Um, in that situation, as you said, like the mind starts really racing you know, and suddenly at 2016, all you're thinking about is, oh, my goodness, I hope it doesn't get to 20 all. I hope I don't lose the game. And that's just where it where it ends up because you, your mind just starts panicking. So take your time. If um, I'm not sure now if you're playing up to 21 when you get towel breaks. But anyway, um, usually in the real game up to 11, Jeffrey, you have a toweling break every six points. So if you do get a towel break, um, take that time. Um, to to stop, towel yourself down. It might just take, you know, an extra 10 seconds to give it a little bit more thinking time, trying to break up that rhythm of that rush of points that's going against you. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation. But, I mean, the more times you get into it, the better you'll get at dealing with that situation too. Yeah, excellent advice. I, I found that when you mentioned, you know, start thinking about the tactics, that worked really well for me when I was in that situation because, um yeah, then you can't be thinking about, oh, wondering if they're going to lose. I'm wondering, oh, wondering if they're going to come back. Oh, how can I blow a lead? You have to focus on some things you can actually do to play that next point, and then nothing else sort of matters. So, yeah, I found that really helpful. Just, you know, what am I going to do this point to win it? You know, what are the tactics? Where am I going to hit it? Am I going to try and do a forehand top spin? What tactics am I going to use? So, yeah, good yeah. advice, Alan. Yeah, that's right. And and those sort of matches really do. I mean, not that not that I um, it, it scarred me at all, but um, I remember it was nineteen seventy eight, probably nineteen seventy eight, and I was playing the semi final of the Australian Junior Championships against Danny Isley, a guy from Queensland, one of twins, Ralph and Danny, and I lost the first game, and I was twenty thirteen up in the second game and lost it, and. Not that I'm, not that I remember it. Not that it scarred me at all. But you know, I've, it's only been thirty-five years, and but I'm, uh, I'm exactly. Okay. So hopefully, Chris, um, in thirty-five years, you don't remember this game that you lost from thirteen twenty quite the same way that Alois does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we all go through those moments, don't we? In those situations, Alois. Um, you know, so, you know, learn from the experience and uh, try out a few of those tips that Alois mentioned next time you're in that situation and see if you can get over the line. Good question, Chris. All right. Now, Marv has said, I practice a lot with a robot and I don't want to wear out my fairly expensive playing paddle. I'm looking for a durable, lightweight paddle, but do not want something that is totally different from my real paddle. What are your thoughts on this question, Alois? Marv, this is this is really important. Use your proper racket in training. Um, it's really important that you don't have a training racket and a match racket because the subtle differences in uh, the two rackets can make a big difference to your game. And if you're training with one type of racket and then you change to another racket when you're playing your matches you don't really know whether it's the subtle change in racket that is leading to you making mistakes or hitting winners or whatever it is, um, or whether it's your, um, your, your technique. So definitely, 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 Marv, 
in your training, use the same racket that you're going to use in a match. Now, it is a bit more expensive um, and your rubbers will wear out quicker, but it's it's worth it. It's uh, It's much better than trying to work two rackets at the same time. Yeah, I guess if you're going to invest your time in playing table tennis and training and you've got a robot and, you know, you're putting all that effort in, then hopefully you can justify the cost of, you know, of those rubbers. But, yeah, it, it really is important. So, yeah, stick with what Alloy says. That's all I can say, Marv. <laughs> exactly. Alloys is the provides the words of wisdom, so you've got to go with it. All right, well, that wraps up the show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't. Lots of great advice there for you. Keep watching our shows. If you watch it through iTunes, make sure you um, give us uh, uh, some feedback or a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out too. Um, And thank you, Alloys. Yeah, thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, we'll see all of you tomorrow. And uh, the Australian Open starts tomorrow, the qualification event. So uh, so we'll be uh, keeping a bit of an eye on that tomorrow. Indeed. Thanks, everyone. Catch you tomorrow. Bye.